This episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is sponsored by the most awesome Nick B, Elizabeth, Mikey H, Anthony A, Matt N, Black Cat, Miss Tab, and the OT Gourmet Geek. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash Final Girls Horrorcast. You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Welcome back for the 89th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. On today's episode, we're discussing some films where our main characters are asked to make some serious sacrifices, Jugface and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. For you new listeners, we are a spoiler-heavy podcast, so continue at your own risk. Both of today's films are streaming on Prime Video, also known as Amazon Prime, as well as Tubby TV. So check those out before continuing if you are a spoiler-sensitive listener. But before we jump into these films, let's get started with a segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is Arctic, written and directed by Tom Butchie. Bocce? Do we have a release date for this one? It's just September 2018. Okay, sometime in September. It's written and directed by Tom Bocce Skoronsky. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. First time. Uh, it's his first full-length feature. He's also done the short films 11 Minutes and Surrogate Lovers. The IMDb summary is, in a rural farm country, a comic book obsessed serial killer clashes with a straight edge purist over a young boy's fate. Straight edge purist. I was just reading that over again to be like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Is it about Justin from the horror business? (laughs) Yes. He's what comes to mind. The first, you know what? I didn't get this whole like comic book thing where like... Everything I'm reading about this movie keeps talking about comic books. It doesn't look like a comic book. I don't see any comic books. I don't know where comic books come into play at all in this film. Um, I'm confused by that a little bit. Um, I also think it looks a lot like frailty. I was thinking the same exact thing. I was like, and I had to watch this trailer twice because I, when we were trying to find a trailer, I watched it and I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, I don't remember the trailer. And I had to watch it again. (laughs) And I think it's because we, like, watched that movie so, like, not too long ago. It was just recently. Yeah. But it's like, there's a farm. There's kids digging holes for dead bodies. Crazy dad. The only thing we have that's different is, like, Lauren Ashley Carter. Yeah. So, that's all I got. Same. What do you think? Do you think it looks good? I think it looks okay. Like, I would totally watch it. Yeah, I would watch it too. I'm not like fiending to see it by any means. I feel like Lauren Ashley Carter is really interesting, like as a person. 
I would like I to interview her. I feel like we could probably try and get her on the show sometime. Yeah. I enjoy her. I enjoy her acting style. And that's the first thing I noticed, style. like, when I was watching the trailer, I was like, that's that chick. Well, and she chooses Darling and to be in horror films often, and I feel like she really enjoys them. I think I saw her interv- interview once. I think it might have been about Darling. She was being interviewed about Darling, and um, she knew her shit, you know? I heard her talking about horror, and I was like, this chick likes horror, and... um I like her look. She has like a very like doll like face. She has very big eyes Mm -hmm. and I just kind of love her. I love all of all of the things about her. If I had the choice to be in all horror movies, that's what I would do. Totally. Because why wouldn't you? Totally. I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll quit my job and try to just be in horror movies. Yes. I used to be very good at acting. I I stopped doing it, but I think I could probably still do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's just start. And I mean, Final you don't have to Girls be production. that great of an actor to be in a horror movie. Oh, absolutely honest. not. No, I can scream really well. Just put a cockroach somewhere near me. <laughs> That's I all that scream. you need. You I'll, need the lungs. It'll be the good. most authentic scream you've ever heard. <laughs> put a spider on Carly. She will oh scream for years. And then I will cry. I yes. will scream, cry, scream, cry. Yes. Very, very good kind of scream. My, cry. I my bet. specialty. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I would see it. I think it looks good. It looks like something that will maybe be directly to video on demand. I doubt this is going to be in theaters. And if it is, it'll be limited release. I agree. Although it doesn't look bad. Like, I don't mean it to say that it looks, you know. No, it doesn't look like. It doesn't look cheap at all. Right. It looks I feel like, like, it has like this a would be something budget. they'd have it beyond fest. Sure. Yeah, a horror festival yeah. or something uh, on demand for the rest of us who don't go to horror festivals. I need to go to some horror festivals. I just don't know how to do it. We'll have to figure it out because I'm into it. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. Like you have to buy tickets and you have to travel. And I can barely deal with the horror convention thing, which I love, by the way. But it is a it's a whole ordeal, you know. It's a whole it is. thing. It is an event. It's an event. In which you must be prepared and travel. Okay. What are we doing? Are we moving on? Let's move on. (laughs) All right. Next. Oh, this is my part, right? It is. I do this. (laughs) How long have we been doing this before? It's only been 89 episodes. It's fine. Oh, shit. (laughs) Hasn't been 100 yet. Once we hit 100, we're going to totally hit our stride. We're going to totally figure this shit out. Knock on wood. (laughs) When we were on Nightmare Junkhead, I was like so impressed by their intro and how they did it and i was like they didn't like mess up like they didn't trip over words or mispronounce names or it's like they actually practiced the things they were gonna say they were so smooth and i was just like yeah this is a lot of information and then i complimented on them on that i don't know if it made it into the episode i didn't listen to it yet but uh i did compliment them on that i was like you didn't mess up at all i'm very impressed by that (laughs) and they totally just ignored that that i said that but i was i'm seriously like that was a genuine compliment because I don't edit anything, but even when I do, I still trip over shit. <laughs> it's like whatever, just leave it in. Mm. All right, do your do your spiel. Cool. Yeah. So the first movie that we will be speaking of today is Jugface from 2013, written and directed by Chad Crawford Kinkle. Love that name. 
That's phenomenal. It's the best name I think I've ever heard in my life. I would absolutely agree with you. That's amazing. I like the name Um, Kinkle because it's almost like Kinkle, but it's not. And it's almost like Chris Kringle, but again, not. It's almost like Crinkle, but again, not. All wonderful words, yet Kinkle. Kinkle. Love it. It's fun to say. It's the best. I'm into it. Sorry, continue. You're good. This is his first and only full-length feature. Insane. Yeah. Our uh, IMDb summary is, A pregnant teen tries to escape a backwoods community when she discovers that she may be sacrificed to a creature in a pit. So you haven't seen this before. This was your first viewing? Yes. And what did you think? I liked it. It's so much Um, fun, isn't it? It's like a cute movie. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't call it cute. Really? I feel like it's cute. I don't know. Maybe it's just Lauren Ashley Carter that I think is cute. That makes me think the movie's cute. I feel like I enjoyed it, but it's not something that way I would necessarily like revisit again. Maybe for a while. Um, it's probably been four or five years since I've seen this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've always had this movie like on my to watch list, mm-hmm. but I've always like passed it up because I'm not in love with like the cover, <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah, it's I don't not know. Great, it doesn't it's like not a great poster. pull me in. Um, but yeah, it's very it's it's an interesting movie. It's a very interesting idea as well. I like the idea. I think the acting is really fun, like really good, really well done. Um, yeah. You know, a little bit of overacting, but it kind of lends itself to like the feel of the film. Um, I love the jug faces. I like, love the I jugs. I wish that they sold them. I want a jug face Same. on my mantle. Yes. I don't have Same. a mantle. I will build a mantle for a jug face. <laughs> um. I like the characters. I thought the character development was really good. Um, I cared about the characters. I felt like I, I knew the characters uh, and what they were thinking and feeling. Um, I think it's an interesting storyline. It's not too complicated. It's simple enough that you just, they don't explain things and you just get it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I really liked it. I really like this movie. I think it's, um, I understand what you mean when you say it's maybe not something you'll need to revisit right away. It's not super complicated. So it's like you see it and you like it and that's it. And then that's um, it, yeah. But I, I thought think the ghost baby was weird. I mean, he wasn't really a baby, but he was a young the kid. Ghost child? Yeah. He's the shunned in the woods. He's yeah. helping to guide her with grandpa. Um, oh, grandpa. I I like, I mean, I like, I have really very few complaints about this film. I really like it. It's one of my favorite films I've seen Lauren Ashley Carter in. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I think, didn't really like Darling, so. Oh, I didn't like Darling either, but she was still good in it. Um, I don't know. I feel like just like the way that she looks, she doesn't have to do much. She's very expressive. Yes. She and has a good so, face. Like she does. She makes good faces. Yeah. She, she makes really good well, faces. Which is a word you use often. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, so, yeah, I think that she was great. Um, yeah, got, I, enjo- I enjoyed this fetuses, movie. We got fetuses. We got fake periods. We have yep. jug faces. We have human sacrifice. Yep. We have incest. Yep. What the fuck else do you need? We got mom skinning uh, knuckles off of her daughter, which was horrifying. 
<sighs> so good. I really liked it. I really like this film. I it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, it makes sense, it works. <laughs> I don't understand why there's not more films from this man. Yeah, this is really it. This is he was just like, this is all I'm doing, and then that's it. I want to talk to him. I want to bring him on the show. I want to ask him. Maybe he is. I mean, if he hasn't done a movie since 2013, I feel like I could probably talk to him. He's Oh, absolutely. And I want to be like, dude, Chad, Mr. Kinkle, love your name. (laughs) Let's dish. Tell me why you're not making more movies, because I really enjoy Jug Face and I would like to see more from you. I wonder if modern horrors dudes talk to him. I should check. I should check. I liked it. I really like it. And if you haven't seen Jugface, it is a treasure. You should. It's a hidden treasure that many haven't seen. Um, but it was surprisingly, quite a few of our listeners were like saying that they're happy we're covering it because not a lot of people talk about it. And it's true. I haven't. I don't think I've seen any other podcast talk about it. It's worth talking about. It's worth watching. Yeah, I'm surprised because I mean, I feel. I feel like in one way or another, like either Netflix or Prime or Hulu or whatever it's streaming on at any given time, it always presents this movie to me. And I never like I always passed it up like, yeah, for no reason in particular. It's just I was always like, I don't really like the name. I don't get it. The poster makes it look like it's a little cheesier than it is. Yeah, it's not. It's not cheesy at all. Um, I would really put it on par with like the triangle. Where it's, it seems like it's an independent horror film um, that people who really care about the story made. Um, and in terms of, like, production and things like that, I think it's pretty close to the triangle. I don't know why, but I'm equating those in my brain. Sure. Okay. It made me think of The Village, but, like, obviously not. <sighs> I hate The Village. I don't like The Village either, but it made me think of that when I was watching it. Yeah. Because it's like we're our own little tribe with our own rules i like how they're in modern times too it's not they're not in like some weird yeah you know it seems like they're kind of in olden times and then they go into town you're like oh yeah this is like modern times yeah um but still probably in the middle of the country or the south i'm probably the south yeah and um i don't know it's uh it's got layers, but it's, again, it's simple. It's not too complicated. It's enjoyable. It's something you can just put on and enjoy. Yeah. And then it's over. And it's not and too long. It. it doesn't drag. Um, there's some humor. There's some pretty gruesome things. Um, pretty tense scenes. Um, but again, great, great film. I like the character names also are like... Super weird. Yeah. Like, you think his name is Dwight, but it's not. It's Dewey. Dewey. Yeah. And, and like, Jessaby. Jessaby. <laughs> oh, Jessaby. Oh. If I get a dog, I want to name it a bunch of weird Southern names. Pyre Jenkin. Jessaby and Bodie are going to be my dog names. Gorber. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey. And you have to say it like that. Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> uh, the baby fetus thing, I think, was maybe not the right size, though. I, I was like, mm. <laughs> I've never seen a baby fetus in real life, IRL, but I think that this one was too large. <laughs> 
I think I would agree. Yeah. It's, it's always nice to see Sean Young, too. Like, she is the skinniest thing ever. Like, she would have been showing if the fetus was that large. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> she would have at least had a little bit of a beer belly or something. There's nothing. She's got flat, flat little belly. Yeah, because she was only, like, what, like, two months pregnant, she says? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You don't usually show till three months, but the, yeah. the fetus wouldn't be that big if it was only two months. It's, like, no. the size of a pea or something at that time. Yeah. Um, I really like, I don't know, I just really like the aspect of this. I like it when any kind of sacrifice happens because it's, like, it's it's tortured in a very silent way. Yeah. It's, you feel it. But no one's really screaming, you know? It's like you just have to accept it because it's for the greater good. It's what the pit wants. It's what the pit wants. And really, she fucked up. Ada was being super selfish. Yeah. <laughs> she her, was like, not oh, me. Yeah. And she knew what was going to happen. I mean, I understand the whole, like, wanting to save your baby thing. And I appreciate that after the baby was gone, she stepped up. But hiding but your she, jug, hiding your jug is some messed up shit. <laughs> but like she knew that that's what that like the the thing wanted it her baby too. It did. So it like, did want her baby, and it and then it wanted her. Yeah, she was a goner. But isn't one it, way or another? It's kind of weird that Dewey didn't show the jug with the fetus right away. Like, I was thinking if the whole town is like, okay, where's the jug? Because shit's going down. Obviously, there's a jug and we have to have a sacrifice. Right. Why wasn't he like, oh, I Why can't find this like, other jug that I made. But I here's have this. a fetus jug, but no one's pregnant. You know, like, I feel like he was hiding that, too. And, like, why did it only start after it was her face? Because like, she's the, the one that had started. control over everything. So maybe, like, the monster in the pit. Knew she was pregnant, but no one else did. So he's like, fine, if you're not going to tell me. And also, how do you sacrifice a fetus without sacrificing the mother? Yeah, I mean, at you just least have in to... this scenario, when you slit throats. Yeah. Well, I guess you whip them, right? I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what happens creative creative idea i think it would like it feels like a short story that was made into a film almost i agree it has that feel to it um i will you know you did say like the you could have done without the ghost boy um and i see where you're going with that and how you feel but i think it really did help the story i don't think it looked bad um they probably could have done better if they had a big budget but i think if you have a small budget it didn't look cheesy to me um you know it was just a kid with makeup with like an effect over his body yeah Um, but it didn't look super cgi or like it came out of the ring or something it was it was authentic and simple um i I really i think that's what i appreciate about about this film the most is how simple it is and how effective it still is and I guess that's to be said about the writing. The writing is very authentic and the acting is mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. So I like that that's where they put their money towards. And I think it paid off. I think it's a good it's a good film. I think it won an award or was nominated for an award. I don't know which one. Um, but rightfully so. Uh, I wish that this got more attention because it's enjoyable. And I'd like to see more from this director for sure. 
Same. Get on it, Kinkle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. If we if we ever got this guy in the show, so Kinkle. Listen here, Kinkle. <laughs> I have some questions for you. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> we're never going to do that. Okay, let's move on. No, we're never ever going to do that. We can't now. We talked too much about Kinkle. It's been over. It's <laughs> we close that chapter as we move on. It would be to too our embarrassing at this point. It's very true. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we ruined that. Let's move on. Oh my God, Kay. are we ready to move on? Oh, God, I don't know, but I guess. Okay, time for The Killing of a Sacred Deer from 2017, written and directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, also directed The Lobster. It's written by Ethimos Filupu, who also wrote The Lobster. The IMDb summary is Stephen, a charismatic surgeon, is forced to make an unthinkable sacrifice after his life starts to fall apart. When the behavior of a teenage boy he has taken under his wing turns sinister. You're giving me too much emotion. (laughs) I need you to dial it back. (laughs) Oh, I did that on purpose. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry if that was weird and you didn't watch this movie. This movie was brutal. That's how all of the acting in this film is. It's exactly oh my God. like that. It's so bad. It's like it it's like if Okay. It's like it was done on purpose or like to be ironic. 100% kind of like it was how on like purpose. Wes Anderson movies are, sure. but it wasn't funny and it didn't come across that way. It just came across as awful. Okay. So, Yorgos has I'm gonna call him your ghost because saying that last name hurts my you're basically best friends usually I don't call directors by their first name but Lanth Lanthimos I don't know I don't know if I'm saying that right I'm gonna just the director who directed the lobster who which I actually liked um you know I didn't love it there was it kind of fell off at the end for me but I thought it was a creative idea I thought it was an interesting uh, it was shot really well uh, is an interesting plot. Um, it has kind of this straight feel when they act also. But it works because it's a quirky indie film. This yeah. film is supposed to be horror or thriller at the very least. Um, and so having that aspect thrown into it is very confusing. Um, especially when there's supposed to be a lot of emotion. Uh, I hated this is it. a very emotional story. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, emotion plays such a huge role in what's happening and we get none of it. Um, and it's, you know, obviously we have amazing actors in this film. Mm-hmm. It's not the actor. It's not an actor's choice. This is a directorial choice. Totally. To have this very straight monotone no emotion type acting um is very distracting um and it really doesn't help the story at all and it's kind of frustrating because there's a lot of good here the story is actually pretty good yeah and i think that they this could have been really good the some of the shots in this film 
are some of the most amazing shots I've seen. And the really long holding on faces, I really could appreciate the cinematography and the choices there. Um, there's a lot of symbolism and things in the background that I noticed that were really well thought out and really well done, I think. But the choices with the dialogue and the acting, I just, it, it, I know it was on purpose and I don't understand what the point is yeah. because it's, it takes so much away and for no real good reason. It was so distracting. It was like, very distracting. Amy and I were watching this. She was ahead of me. Yeah, by like 20 minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like she was just like, I don't even remember what you said. It was something like, I just started watching it and I'm already dying. I think it was like, I hate everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh God. And I was like, I have to do this though. Like I'm going to keep putting it off. And so... I finally like started watching it and I was just like, what the actual fuck? Like, why? Why? You okay. ha like you have so many good actors here. I will what? say, I will say though, like I was interested the whole time. Like I didn't I didn't fall off at any point or lose necessarily lose interest at any point. Um I just didn't understand the choices and it made it made me uncomfortable and maybe that's the point. I mean, this is like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like critics no, I heard like really this good film. things about this movie last year when it was at Beyond Fest, but like I was watching it and I didn't get it. Like I I wasn't Honestly, like I could have just fast forwarded to the end and been fine with it. Yeah. Um, I didn't really particularly like any of the characters, so I really didn't care if they lived or died. Um, except for the little boy, like once he realized that like the dad had to figure it out, like he I became very like empathetic towards him, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Nicole Kidman had a hard time with like the not emoting thing because she because sure. she's a real actress. <laughs> yeah. And so she she seemed more real to me than anybody else did. But it yeah. was very like subtle. It was so weird. Like, yeah. I usually am so into that kind of dry. Right. Like, I love, like, I love Life Aquatic is one of my favorite movies. And that movie is just ridiculous and, like, super dry. And they say super because weird things. Because there's something else weird about it. Yeah. But there's this something otherworldly about it. This is very yeah. much based and feels real. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's honestly just sticks out like a sore thumb and doesn't quite make sense. I agree. I, it just and, totally missed the mark. And for in a me. film where we're supposed to be so invested in these characters and care so much about these characters, I mean, why even bother having a story about someone who has to choose which of his family members die if you literally don't give a shit about anyone? Like, if you. They don't even give you a chance to care. Yeah. And it, it, I'd like to say that it worked. And obviously it does work for some people. I just don't understand how. Um, and I, I understand that there is, like I've said, there's a, this film has a lot going for it. 
Um, but this choice just... It, did you ever... Do you know Todd Solins, the director Todd Solins? He mm. did Welcome to the Dollhouse okay, and yeah. Happiness and Storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I He has a very dry kind of way of dialogue that's a little that's similar to this it's like it's like it's not how people talk it's like more brutal than how people talk and it's very dry how people talk but the way people look is different and the feeling and the story are kind of weird and it's quirky feeling so it kind of works totally this doesn't have enough of that no for me because I just don't understand. Because I, like you said, I love films that are like this, where the dialogue is weird and dry, and the characters have these weird conversations. I like that. It it Same. makes you it forces you out of your comfort zone a little bit, especially when there's uncomfortable material, which Todd Solondz often often does. Um, I definitely felt a lot of Todd Solondz here, and I definitely felt a lot of of Lars von Trier, especially at the beginning. With mm-hmm. the operatic music over black, and then the really brutal imagery of open heart surgery, I, the, that's very Lars von Trier. I, I mean, if you didn't tell, if you just put this film on and was like, "Who directed it?" I'd be like, "Lars von Trier directed this." But yeah. then, as it progresses, it's something completely different, and it becomes very Todd Solondz. I don't see a clear vision here and i don't see a a reason for what's happening other than to be sensational and different than than what's the norm um and it's a shame because like i said i think this story is interesting i think that this could have been great I agree with you. I think the story is very interesting. I think it's beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. They obviously have the talent um, that they really should have just utilized better, in my opinion. Um, I think they could have taken the weirdness out of the script because I don't think it fit. It was in line with the story. Um, But all of those things are glaringly like in your face and obvious to the point where I just was like, it was a total miss for me. This film is like drinking the best wine, eating the best chocolates, and then eating the best cheeses, and then just throwing up everywhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We have yeah. really amazing actors. We have really beautiful cinematography. We have a really great story. How can we fuck this up? Oh, yeah, with dialogue and delivery of lines. It's, 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 it's sad, really. It's really just very sad. Um, it's tragic, true. really, because you have all the makings of an amazing film and you tossed it away for what? For what? To be different? Um, I mean, you could have been different in just making a real movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and I just don't understand it. Eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty percent. How many horror it. films or thriller films of this magnitude get that kind of response? because it's artsy but and probably has to do with like the director as well i love artsy you love artsy yeah no i'm saying it's like we yeah but like there's also no i'm i i get that i'm saying that like i feel like it's one of those movies that people like say that they like but like they don't 
you know, just to like have that on there. I don't know. I, I understand like hipster, what you're saying. But is it possible that 80% of film reviewers feel that way? Isn't that nuts? Like, that's a lot. That's a large percentage. And I would really like to hear from our listeners who've seen this film, how they feel about it. Um, I, I'm curious. I'm really curious because I really I wanted to like this. It looked but the trailer felt, honestly looked so good. Like yeah. I almost I think it was playing like on a weekday when it was at Beyond Fest. And I was just like, oh, like there's no way I'm going to get there after work. But I really wanted to go see it. Um, and we did a trailer trash talk on it. And I remember yeah. us being like, we have no idea what this is about, but it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. That's because they probably didn't have any dialogue in there. <laughs> so this is based. So, so, you know, just in doing a little research and trying to understand maybe what the intent was, because I do, I do want to appreciate this as art. If that's what its intention is, is to be some sort of art. And I appreciate someone trying something new, but, you know, just trying to, is there maybe an intention that I missed? Okay. I'm not the most brilliant person in the world. There's definitely something I could have missed here. Um, you know, I found things about how it's based on Greek mythology. Um, there is a story about Epiphagina. I think that's how you say it. Um, where this man is stranded on an island um, because there's a goddess who has stopped the winds um, and they are unable to sail uh, to war. And so he has to kill his own daughter in order to, as a sacrifice to Epiphagina or no, the goddess. It, oh, to the it, goddess. The Artem- it's for Artemis. Yeah. Epiphagina is the Agamemnon's daughter. Sorry, Epiphagina, yes, is his daughter. He has to kill his daughter because this man accidentally killed the sacred deer, which belonged to the goddess. So, okay, that makes sense. Sure. Cool. We've already established the story is is good. The story Why is there. Why does the acting have to be shitty? I still I, don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't understand, like taking some of the best actors that we have alive today and making them shit in a bucket on screen. Like it was embarrassing. It's em- <laughs> it really is. Like I would like be, if I was on set, I'd be like, what are you making me do right now? No, no. Stop what you're doing. Make it more awkward and way worse than what you're doing. Pretend you're in elementary school theater. You know, I want like no inflection. I just want it monotone and I want no emotion in your voice. Be just, a robot. I just don't. Yeah. Basically be a robot. And Alicia Silverstone was by far the best, I think, because she emoted the most. She did emote the most. And she was in it so little. And she did great. She they just did, wanted. They did something weird to her teeth. I love they Alicia did. Silverstone. Same. And I was like so distracted. <laughs> I was like, why are her teeth so weird? And what is the deal? <laughs> Listen to me, Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with <laughs> What's the deal with Martin and the dad character? Like in the beginning of the film. What is their relationship? Are they it was having so sex? Weird. Are they in love? Are they just friends? Do you buy random children expensive watches for no reason? I was wondering the same thing cuz I was like why is he just 
like, okay, I guess Martin popped up out of nowhere, like, out of nowhere, I guess, because the surgeon killed his dad and he's got plans. But it was weird. It's weird. Weird it doesn't how make sense to me. Dad took him under his wing. And I yeah. think that maybe it was out of guilt. Maybe it's like, you know, your dad died at my hand. So maybe I will step in as your dad. And maybe we're just supposed to come to that conclusion ourselves. But there was a good 10 minutes in this film when I thought they were doing it. Like, I legit thought that they like, how are you going to introduce this young boy to your co-worker as a friend of your daughter's and he's never even met your daughter um how are you gonna buy him an expensive watch how are you taking him out to lunch every thursday or whatever it's a strange thing um i don't know i guess i can agree with that for sure but you know in the grand scheme of the film it's small potatoes compared to the dialogue but that aside, that's also very, it's a strange relationship. There's also, um, I will say I do appreciate the godlike presence of Martin and how he, he feels godlike to me. Um, I would assume he's supposed to be the epiphagina of the, not the epiphagina, the goddess of the story, except more evil, like maybe he's like a demon or something because he obviously has this ability to make people sick yeah i think he did a great job um even with like the whole monotony of everybody else it's it like worked for him differently than it did for everybody else like he kind of seemed just socially awkward in general and maybe like a little bit of like like Asperger's syndrome. It felt kind more of. natural for him, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt more honest. Yeah. And less like somebody told him to just be weird and not emote. Right. Like his franticness felt very authentic to me. I think that he did a really good job. And I, every time he was on screen, he creeped me out a little sure. bit. And I feel like that was very intentional, obviously. And like the point of his character is to just like, you're never really at ease. I 100% Um, agree with that. So, and obviously, like, this guy, like, he's in Dunkirk, too. Like, he's actually, I feel like he's going to do good things, or he already has and is doing good things. Did he act differently in Dunkirk? Because I've never seen that. Yeah. Uh, Dunkirk's a very quiet movie, though. Like, there's not a lot of dialogue. Was he more, like, emotional, though? Um, Yeah, he was obviously, like, a different character, because he was, like... Right, but I mean, like, this isn't his acting style in general. No. He was directed to act this way, and it just worked better for him for whatever reason. I think it makes more sense with his character, though. Sure, sure. I can Um, see that. Because... I mean, he definitely has those like weird social tics where he like tells people what they are giving or what they're getting before he like gives it to them and like very socially awkward things that like makes his character make sense. Um, But that wasn't that same acting style doesn't work for Colin Farrell. It didn't work for the daughter. It didn't work for the son who again kind of grew out of that later in the movie, which was kind of weird. There just wasn't a lot of consistency with any of the characters really except for martin i feel for like me. the son at the end i really appreciated his acting. same 
he Same. like when he became more of hu- more human at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. The daughter is just horrible. The daughter was the worst. I was like, just kill her. Yeah, why don't you kill her? Yeah. I didn't understand. Yeah. I, the, the, the blindfolding yourself, blindfolding everyone, and turning around till you shoot someone thing is like the most shitty thing you could possibly do in that scenario. Well, not only that, but like the whole time I was just thinking in the beginning... Martin straight up is like, once stage three happens, the eye bleeding, there's no going back. He doesn't say there's no going back. He says you have two to three hours. Uh, I forget. Like, for some reason, it I remember him being like, like there's was, no way that, like, at once the eyes start no. bleeding, that's it. That's he what seemed I like. like he was going to say that, and I thought that at first, but what he actually says is you have within hours until they die. So you better act fast at that point. Gotcha. Um, I thought it was like a point of no return thing. I mean, I don't understand why he didn't just kill Nicole Kidman. Like, that's the best scenario, right? That's the best choice, I would think. I don't know. I like, especially like her saying, like, let's just kill one of the children. We can have more. It's fine. That's very, that's very different for a mother to say in a film. You don't often hear mothers saying things like that. Totally. You know, usually but, it's like protect the children at all costs. And she's yeah. like, oh, which one should we get rid of? <laughs> we'll give my life. I personally think they should have killed the daughter. They they missed yeah, she it. She was the fucking worst. Fuck that she girl. Was she was the worst. She was the worst. The worst. The worst. She Just sucked at singing. I don't understand the whole. Oh my whole, God, that Ellie Golding scene. She's an amazing singer. And she's singing the me, 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 me. And she's like not even changing tone at all. It was so bad. It's like, chick. And and you know that was directed. You know that was a choice. That was a choice. Like she's supposed to be this amazing singer and she sucks at singing. And no one's telling her. Like, why? Why is that needed? And, like, twice they mention that she's she's old enough to have her period and she's getting her period. And, uh, you know, the, they're at this, like, conference. He's the, the dad, the doctor. He's speaking at this big conference. And the, he's having, like, casual conversation with his coworkers and says... Oh, my daughter started her menstrual cycle last week. And it's like, cool, thanks. That's not a thing you just talk about. Nobody cares. I understood. I, I felt a little less weird about it when she mentioned it to the boy because they're talking about pubescence and coming of age and becoming adults. Uh, it makes more sense in that scenario. Uh, in this scenario, it's like, why? Why would you mention that it's so weird what life would that ever occur and the person says oh yeah well that's good so weird it's strange and i i wrote a note that says i don't remember what exactly was happening in this scene but i said even the dog sucks at acting you did it was literally just they were like all outside or something and there's like the dog walked through. In any of the dog scenes, he's literally just walking through the kitchen. No tag wailing tag wailing. Ta- tail tail wagging. wagging. Sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm drinking wine. Um it's a white wine kind of night. Uh there was no tail wagging. There was no like whining or barking or it's just like walking 
very blandly. When do you ever see a dog just walk blandly? Never. Even the dog can't be a dog. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. It's so weird and, and just not just my cup no of tea. There's no reason for it. And the thing is, it is my cup of tea, though. Like, normally, I this would be a movie I would love. But I think because it's horror, it's... It just isn't quirky enough for it to, like, lend itself to this weirdness. And the story is so serious and so emotion-filled that not having any emotion just feels... Like, what's the point? What's the point? For a thriller, it does not thrill me. No, it makes it less exciting. I think this movie could have been so much more exciting. 100%. With just a slight slightly more this movie has the making of of greatness this could have been for me what apparently critics think that it was um yeah but there's just these points that just totally brought it down for me i couldn't i didn't take it seriously by the time everything happened at the end i just didn't care i thought that the some of the dialogue was even interesting um but just not like the the scene where um, Martin is eating spaghetti for breakfast for whatever reason, and he's explaining about how people told him he ate spaghetti like his dad, and he took it as a compliment, like I'm like my dad, and then he realized that everyone eats spaghetti that way. I thought that that's a very good. That's very good ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a very great way to explain a grand idea with a small thing. Um, that takes talent to write something like that. That's not something that just anyone would come up with. Sure. But th- the delivery was even okay. <laughs> it's just like everything surrounding it is so fucked up and horrible that, like, I don't know. It just. It didn't hold the weight it should have. You know, I feel like there's no respect paid to the good ideas because the bad ideas are so overwhelming, which is just horrifying. But now I can I ask you a totally unrelated question for a moment. Absolutely. Do you ever watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? I mean, I've seen episodes of it, but okay. not like consistently. I feel that way also. I've seen a few episodes. I am not a Kardashian person. I don't know a lot about it, the Kardashians. I don't give a shit about the Kardashians. But I have seen some episodes. Um, is this house the same as the Kardashians' house? Oh, I have no idea. To me, it looks very similar. It's like it's like it looks like a mansion, and then you turn, and then it's like an even bigger mansion. It's like a a V shaped giant mansion, super mansion, if you will. Uh, that's what I felt like this house was. I don't know. That's fine if you don't know. I was just wondering. Can I do a Jerry Seinfeld again? Yes, please. What's the deal with the anesthesiologist? <laughs> <laughs> what is with this guy? I don't know. Is he a friend? Is he a foe? Do we like him? Do we hate him? I don't no. know. He was there to blame the death on so they could blame each other. He was literally there just for that line. But even it's like the Colin... anesthesiologist's fault. It's always the <laughs> surgeon's fault. 
That's Colin, why he was there. Well, Colin Farrell is so mean to him and for no reason for most of this movie. And then the weird like hand job scene happens and then you hate him. Like, so I kind of felt bad for him because this guy also had a hard time not having any emotion. So I definitely saw some peek through where I'm like, oh, he's actually acting. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not acting a lot, but I'm at least getting something from him. So in comparison to everyone else, he's like very expressive. And then, you know, he's being beat on, basically, by Colin Farrell the entire film. He's like, shut up and do this and bossing him around and being a general asshole. And then you're like, oh, poor guy. And then he, you know, is like, Nicole Kidman, please give me a hand job. And you're like, oh, he sucks, too. Okay. I just don't understand the point of the character, really? No, um, me either. Other than passing the blame, like you said, I I, I agree. That's, that's probably the point. Um... I also like the sister-brother thing with the MP3 player. I mean, I appreciate the thought there. The sister is so fucking horrible. She's the worst. She's the worst. She's the worst. When you die, she writes, I've lost two MP3 players in the last 10 days. Can I have your MP3 player when you die? Please. 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 I hate her. That's exactly how she sounded when she did it. Play my voice over that scene. It's going to match up perfectly. It's perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> Ugh. I just don't even know. I forget who it was, but someone on <laughs> on Twitter said that I did a, a Tina, Tina Belcher groan <laughs> over the trailer last week for Mandy. And I really was excited about that. <laughs> And me and Tina Belcher are basically the same person. It's fine. That's hilarious. Butts and zombies. That's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so into that. I love Bob's Burgers. I love it so, so much. It's such you should a great be, show. You should be Tina for Halloween. I'm basically Tina every day of my life anyway. So it's there really not that much different. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm so done talking about this movie are you really know. already yeah. i have like more to say but we can right. be done if you want no what, what were you gonna ask i just really want to talk about the spin and shoot thing more because we barely touched on it if you this had to choose stupid ending okay but if you had to choose i'm gonna make this really horrible for you for a second i need you to brace yourself if you say anything about my dogs I'll be real bummed out. Okay, I won't. And I will tell you that I would probably kill myself. <laughs> I'm going to bring your dogs into it. She's a bad person, ladies and gentlemen, and I would kill no, myself. No, because it needs to be that dear to you. Right? It needs to be. Okay, Does how it, about though? This? Because they really didn't seem to give a shit about their children. I, I definitely love my dogs more than they loved their children. I I think in... in okay. <laughs> But in general, okay, I would how never about, say. How about we your can family members? Get another dog. Your family members are in a room with with. The, see, I feel like that's worse. That's why I wanted to bring it to your dogs. But uh, apparently, you feel the opposite way. So let's no, bring it fine. this way. Your okay. family members are in a room with, uh, you know, pillowcases over their head, and you have a gun. You have to choose who to kill. Do you? Do you do this? Do you pull the pad over your face and turn around until you shoot someone? No. No. 
Isn't that the worst thing ever? Could you imagine being a person sitting in a chair tied up with a pillowcase over your head, just hearing his bang? (laughs) (laughs) Like, could you imagine dealing with that? That's like the worst fucking way. Like, even if you survive that scenario, in no way are you ever going to be able to like deal with that feeling no i mean he's the worst though he's the he's a fucking coward literal worst he's a fucking coward yeah what he is and in no way did drinking even pay a role in this film so it's like it's like oh he might have messed up this surgery because he drank a lot before surgery and now he doesn't drink. But, like, why couldn't they just bring drinking back into it later? That would have made it more interesting, no? Like, turn him back into an alcoholic? Fuck because then yeah. he would have had to emote. Fuck yeah, I guess so. That would have made him that would be have killed human. It. That would have yeah. made him human. Yeah. Can't have that. All right. Okay, we can be done with this now. Just if you like, have more to say, you can talk more I about just it. Thought, I just, I'm just so upset about it. This movie... I. I would be less upset if it didn't have 80 fucking percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What the fuck are you guys thinking? Like, literally, while I was watching it, I was like, maybe it gets better. I really thought. I'm like, maybe there's something at the end that makes this all work. It doesn't happen. No. It doesn't come to fruition at all. It's just the way it is. Yeah. It's just the choice the director made. No, thank you. Yeah. It's not just it's not just the acting though though it's the dialogue too. Oh, for sure. The dialogue's awful. It's it's like people don't talk like that. And okay, you want to have a movie where people talk weird, but like I don't know. It's just it's I don't know. You're not Todd Solondz. Is all I have to say. Ugh. I mean, have you ever seen Happiness, Carly? Um, is that with Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. I believe that I have, but I don't remember it. But I remember that the cover is, like, cartoony. It's very dark. Very, very, very dark. It's a very dark film. And it's hor- it deals with horrible subjects, but it's it makes you laugh in the worst way possible. You feel like a terrible human being after you watch it. But, That's great. But the dialogue, I mean, it makes you feel something. The dialogue yeah. is very much like this, where people aren't talking the way they normally talk, and they're not emoting the way they normally emote. And yet, you still have some sort of attachment to this film. I think I watched the happiness multiple times in college because for some reason me and my friends had some kind of obsession over this film and um i feel like maybe that's the intent here but it's not quite hitting the strides it needs to to accomplish that for me um but okay i need to stop talking about it (laughs) i need to stop okay what are we doing next oh we got a social media question this week we sure do all right what was our question this week can you name a movie where the director made some strange choices and it either made you love or hate the entire film? Oh, right on topic for what we were just discussing. <laughs> yep. For the past 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. All right. All right. You want to take turns in. on this one? You can go first. On Twitter, we have at Kung Fu Dracula, who says, Terry Gilliam made some bizarre choices in making a film of the damn near unfilmable fear and loathing, and I love him and the movie for it. Oh, interesting. All right, all right. I never read the book. Did you? 
No, I started to. I think I might have it on Audible, but Audible. it didn't translate well into an audiobook for me. I do you like the film? Yeah. I don't I don't like it. I do. I think it's really <laughs> weird and wacky. I did I, I appreciate it. It's just not for me. I get that. I don't have the an interest in doing a bunch of drugs and going and dealing with I don't know. It just is But I think that in general that's how I feel about those types of films. But so I can understand his choice and I understand that maybe he the the the, the choice in, in filmmaking made it better or made it more watchable. Um, I can see how a lot of books that are, um, you would think are unfilmable, um, probably have to make some creative choices to make it realistic. I mean, even just think about something simple like Gerald's Game, which yeah. people said were unfilmable, was unfilmable. And, you know, so many people loved it because, yeah. you know, he just got creative with it and figured something out. Okay. Uh, next, we have uh, at me Corazon Mia Moore, who says, A cure for wellness started out amazing and descended into a rapey, incesty fever dream. Total perfest. I regret ever seeing Jason Isaacs like that. Shame on Gore Verbinski. Amen, sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carly, how many weeks in a row have we discussed doing a cure for wellness because it's streaming on HBO right now? So long because it's streaming as well as Shutter Island. And I know that I've mentioned like a thousand times. So basically, Carly and I have been talking about pairing a cure for wellness with Shutter Island for like, God, I don't know how many weeks. And and we're like, or we could do this next one. (laughs) This would pair really well. But I really don't want to watch A Cure for Wellness again. It's true. <laughs> like, I'm good. End. I saw it once, and I never want to see it again. I, yeah. Yeah. Gore Verbinski. What if? Okay, moving on. At MJ Hogan 29 says, one that pops in my head is Interstellar. Like, it's not the best, but the first half is fun. Like, cool, the planet is dying, and we need to find a new planet. Let's check some out. Then the second half, where he goes through the black hole and all the crazy shit happens, what the fuck, Christopher Nolan? <laughs> I actually kind of like Interstellar. I really like Interstellar. I I, I get what he's saying, though. I under I one hundred percent understand what he's saying. Um, but I but actually, he also doesn't say if he loves it or hates it. That's true. That's true. But it kind of seems like uh, what the fuck, Christopher Nolan means that he ended up not liking it. Yeah. Um. But I barely remember it. Like, I, I had to look it up because I'm like, is that the one? Oh, no, it's not the one I was thinking of. Oh, but yes, I did see it. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a whole conversation in my head. Um, but I do remember liking it. I, I remember the twist. Um, I think there's worse ones out there, but I, I see where you're going with that. I say um, that I enjoyed it. Next, we have at jpaw 21 Jr. says... Uh, spoiler alert, if somehow you ain't heard of Harry Potter, first of all, I'm very angry with this because everyone knows I'm reading Harry Potter currently. So then why'd you pick this one? I picked all of them. I just picked all of the ones that people responded to. (laughs) Um, All with the Harry Potter movies because after the Dark Lord Voldemort turned it, seemed like it lost the light, showing visually how the Dark movies was getting... Till his defeat. Just find with the directors. I don't understand what he's trying to say. Is he drunk? Are you drunk? Just find with the directors. They knew how to visually show how dark they were getting and all done masterfully. 
So they're saying good things about the Harry Potter series, but it's true. But even when you read the books, they obviously start fairly light, even though obviously the end of all of them is usually a showdown of some sort. Yeah. Um, they're very but, formulaic. All the, yeah. the books are too. It's like, yeah. you know, okay, something bad happens at the beginning and then they're at school and it's fun and all whatever. And then the end, it's like, oh, now we have this big showdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they definitely do get darker um, in theme. And as I guess as well, um, like if you start with episodes one and two, they're kind of bright and colorful. Whereas like the like as it goes on, it kind of gets more dull, I guess. Oh, OK, so he's talking about more like the actual filming is darker, like there's like, like they a do filter get- on it. There's not as many bright colors and things like that. Yeah, it's, okay, it, gotcha. it definitely gets darker. Okay, because I'm sense, reading that, and for the, some reason, the, it's just not equating in my head. I didn't know what he was saying, so thank no, you for I, I get you elaborating. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, yes. Uh, my turn. Um, at Red Red Podcast, all or is it Read Red Read Podcast? Red Red Podcast. With you know either one. Yeah. Um, all of Edgar Wright's movies have an Edgar Wright flourish that under another director would be annoying and unbearable. While all his movies are good, it comes together perfectly in Hot Fuzz. Interesting choice in Hot Fuzz. I mean, I love Edgar Wright. You love Edgar Wright. I, I do. know you love Edgar Wright. In a big way. Um, and I, I can agree. He has a very specific flavor in his mm-hmm. films. Like he has. Like especially in Baby Driver, and then it's just like the the dancing, you know, comes to mind automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can totally agree with that. He has a way that is charming, but you know what? I know people that dislike that choice, and that's well, un- that's understandable. Uh, it's not for everyone, maybe. But I mean, Shaun of the Dead, dude. <laughs> I love it, and I just love. I got to see him in a Q&A last year for uh, Baby Driver and Driver Double Feature. And he loves movies yeah, so much. Yeah. And it just makes me love him and his movies all that much more. Yeah, his films are great. I'm all about Edgar Wright. I'm down Same. with this, this choice. All right. I agree. Okay. Uh, on Instagram, we have Velvet Then Designs. Is that right? Okay. Uh, Nearly all the decisions Darren Aronofsky made with Mother left me hating it. Pretentious nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't watched this movie a second time. There will be a day when we do an episode on Mother, and it will only about be about Mother, and we will definitely have Manya on from Modern Wars. Oh, for sure. Because no one loves Mother more than Manya. Accurate. Um, Interesting to hate it. I hated it until the very end. I really like the, I really like Mother. But I under, I mean, I understand hating it. I would just think it's more like indifference. But I could also see people thinking it's pretentious nonsense. Um, I really like it, though. <laughs> I definitely think that it needs another watching. Yeah, I, I can I see watch it. it again. I feel like when I had that turning point at the very end, I was like, well, fuck, now I need to watch this movie again. But I, I just haven't. I just haven't been in the mood. You need to be in the mood. To me, it's not pretentious. To me, it's more like an art piece, which sounds pretentious in and of itself saying that. But like, I don't view it as like a movie to watch for necessarily for entertainment, but more to like 
you know, get you to understand a feeling or like a scene even just, I don't know. I'm, I'm making it sound even more pretentious. I mean, I feel I, like all of his movies are kind of pretentious. Yeah, they, they are. I guess, I guess they are pretentious in a way, but like in a way that I enjoy, like I enjoy mother a lot. I like the attempt and I, I just view it as like art almost. I really, I don't know. I really like mother a lot. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. Like it really worked for me personally in like Black Swan. I think it worked in sure. Mother to an extent as well and Reckoning sure. for Dream, obviously. Oh, but you know, God, then there's yeah. like movies like The Fountain where it just kind of misses it. Yeah. It doesn't really connect. And it's not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. And then maybe that's maybe that's what the killing of a sacred deer is. And maybe we're just not not yes. one of the people that appreciates it. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I hate it so much. I mean, usually when something is like that, like one of us will like it and one of us will hate it. It's true. And in this case, we're both like, fuck this movie. I always like, I really feel like I, even when I hate a movie, I always try to like find the good pieces in it. And for me that the good pieces are really just the idea and like those poor actors though. Yeah, I hear you. I, I feel bad for the actors, too. I really did genuinely feel bad for the actors. Same. I want to be like a fly on the wall in that set. Like, hearing <laughs> hearing him direct them. I, same. All right. What's next? Uh, we got Johnny Zuko Robert, who says, Rodriguez casting choices in Predators. I don't know what that means. Is that a good thing? Bad thing? How are we I'm, feeling about that? I'm not really sure what how he feels about it either okay moving on creek guy zero one one eight eight five says there was a scene in pineapple express where gary cole and rosie perez are talking about crime or something (laughs) then they get extremely authentically playful it always struck me it always stuck with me even though the film was only so so i wish i remembered that i don't i never saw pineapple express it's I funny. I, I've it. only seen it once. But and maybe I, they're talking about like, you know, watching a film and then just watching a really authentic scene in the middle of it and suddenly being appreciative of it. I don't know. No, I get I, that. I, I enjoy that, that when, Maybe like, that's not even a directorial choice. Maybe that's something that just happened authentically and they kept it in. I don't know. I love when that stuff happens. But I do love it when that stuff happens. I can agree with that. It's you know so what good. film kind of strikes me as... Um, one of my favorite movies that's very authentically playful is Moonstruck. With oh, with uh, what's her face and Nicolas Cage. Yes, one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I am of Italian American heritage, and uh, it was a big film in my childhood. My mom and I always watched it growing up, and so I just I grew up with this quirky humor, weird film. Um, and there's so many like really authentically playful moments in that film. And I just really love it because of that. So I can understand where you're going with that. I can too. I like even just like simple things like when you're watching Saturday Night Live and they like break and have to like fix it. It's just so charming and it like yes. makes you smile and kind of just fe- makes you feel it connected. When they break. Yeah. You know, it's really funny because I am hardly a Jimmy Fallon fan, but mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I appreciate him. I think he's very talented. I'm I'm not necessarily his biggest fan, though. Um, but I know that he always talks about, like, how he was the worst Saturday Night Live 
member because he always was breaking during scenes. And I was like, yeah, but everyone likes that. That's why yeah. everyone likes you. You know what I mean? That's why you have the Tonight Show now and you're right. you're popular is because he's real and relatable. You're honest and relatable. Yeah. And I mean, say what you want about Jimmy Fallon, but that man is talented. I, I don't love him, but and I don't really necessarily even think he's funny, but he is definitely talented. I honestly really didn't like him when he like I remember when he was first on SNL and I was like yeah. this guy's weird and cheesy and I don't like him but I feel like he really over the years has found his own charming style and I think he's just a likable guy which makes yeah. it easy to like watch him I really love you know what I think he's really amazing at is doing like um music impressions like musical impressions yes I love those. I love those. He did one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he was like, they were both singing songs as someone else. And yeah. it's just so entertaining. Or when he does the doors, he's amazing. He's like, it's like watching the doors. I don't, I don't know how he does it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I sound like such a dork. I don't even know it, Jimmy Fallon. It's so good. I'm going to send you the Joseph Gordon-Levitt one. Okay. Um <laughs> Frames and then lots of underscores says natural born killers. It always seemed like elaborate gimmicks were being used rather than cinematic devices. Great, a great film to bring up in this this conversation. Carly, have you seen natural born killers? I have, but it, it's been a really long time. So I don't really remember a lot of it. But I remember like not caring enough to watch it again. Okay, here's the thing. I agree with everything frames a bunch of underscores is saying. Natural Born Killer seems like it has a bunch of elaborate gimmicks and it relies on those. However, it's so fucking effective because at the end of that film, I'm like, I need to go murder people and do whatever the <laughs> fuck I want in life because I am so affected by this film. So whatever yes. they did, they did a good job. I love that movie. Um, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a good movie, but it's a very effective movie for me. It's um, definitely like one of those movies that I always can picture it when it when like it comes up. Yeah, like, it's very stylistic. Yeah. It's got really I mean, it's got Woody Harrelson. Who doesn't yeah. love Woody Harrelson? And I 100 percent agree with Frames while also disagreeing with him in that like I guess everything you're saying is correct, but it also works for me. Totally. Okay. I get you. Uh, Crone and Casket says I couldn't stand the dialogue slash unresolved questions in the endless. Fuck. Really? Okay. Really? Okay. Did you see The Endless yet, Carly? I did. I saw it in theaters and I loved it. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so, so good. But maybe, maybe Crone and Casket didn't see the other movies. Maybe. Which helped me. I think personally. it helps. I think it helps if you've it, seen Resolution. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't necessarily answer all your questions. No, but I mean, I don't think... They fit together well. Yeah. But I don't know that it necessarily answers all your questions. I wonder, Cronin Casket, please let me know if you've seen Resolution. And if not, please watch Resolution and then let's chat. Because I'm curious. Yeah. Same. Um, The Endless is one of the best films of the year, I think. Hands down. It's in I my top it. five, for sure. Um, I loved it. I was excited while seeing it. I don't even know if anybody else in the theater that I was in got it. Probably not, because if you haven't seen Resolution, there's like yeah. a whole other you're level missing you're missing. A whole level. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would. We need to do an episode on both, and we will do an episode on both eventually. I agree. The, 
they're great films. The, those two directors are fantastic. Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, I think. Um, so good. It makes me, honestly, I want to watch them both again. Now I want to like, watch right them just now. because you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I can good. understand the frustration because there are a lot of unresolved questions. Totally. Um, but I think that that's okay. There's definitely even some moments where I'm like, I don't really understand the point or uh, how come it works in this scenario and not in that scenario. I don't sure. think it's a perfect film. Um, but it works so well for me. Yeah, and uh, it's super still entertaining. on so many other levels that it's okay. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay, moving on. All right, uh, super space bug. We have Ridley Scott using all of the footage of the chest burster scene, even though it didn't burst through correctly the first time. The way the crew goes silent for a second time after the first pop, and then the alien finally bursts through Kane is so disturbing and awesome. I mean, of course, agree. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have anything to add. You said it all. We're good. Here, here, again. Uh, on Facebook, we have Justin, who we were just talking about, from the horror business, who says, I think Spielberg's decision to not show much of the shark and jaws for much of the movie went against the grain at the time for monster movies. But his decision to use other ways to build suspense and dread, uh, as an example, shark point of view and the music, etc., ended up making the movie something transcendental. Very well said, Justin. I fucking love Jaws so much. I mean, you already know how we feel about it. We've done a whole Jaws episode. I think that's one of our more... Um, I think that's one of our better episodes, and I wonder if anyone even listens to it. <laughs> I, It's true, and I think that like one of the best things that could have happened for Spielberg is that that shark just sunk to the bottom in the salt sea and just didn't work for him. But it worked when it counted, when it mattered. Yeah. And it helped make that movie just hit home in such an amazing way. If you guys haven't listened to our Jaws episode, go back and listen to it. We actually did research for that one. Like we, we did. We paid serious respect to Jaws. I think that's one of our better episodes in which we like really wanted to make sure we were doing it right. Yeah, if you like researched podcasts... That one's pretty research. That one's pretty good. We did our shit. I, I like watched a whole documentary on it and we mm -hmm. watched interviews and we did our we did our we did our due diligence on that it's one. True. We it's don't true. usually do that, but we did nope. it for Joss. <laughs> <laughs> we sure don't. Honestly, if we were like a monthly show, yeah. we would we probably, probably be more research. I just totally. don't have the fucking time. I Most of the time, we're just time. like, I need to watch the movie real quick. We you want to start this thing in like, two hours? <laughs> the day before, we write the notes, we do really quick research, and then we record. You know, it's, it's true. Not, we just it's don't just have time raw. for it. But uh -huh. you know what? Maybe someday we will be bi-monthly or monthly and do a shit ton of research and be, I don't know. Shut your mouth. Yeah, that shit's never going to happen. <laughs> I just it's it's quantity over quality people deal with it. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh hilarious all right one more we got uh we have Don R who says The Shining Kubrick ruined King's original story so much oh I just god. couldn't enjoy it oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Don I really? love The Shining Don Don what are you saying Dawn, she didn't read it before she copy pasted. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. In all seriousness, I know Stephen King and Stanley Kubrick had a thing. Okay, I know that Kubrick went against the grain with the book. I've read the book. I think the book is a 
fucking amazing. All Stephen King books are really, really good. But Stanley Kubrick is a fucking genius. I genuinely believe Stanley Kubrick is a genius. And The Shining as a film is much, 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 much better than the book. I'm sorry. This is the way I feel about it. And I just, I appreciate and I understand your opinion. But my love, it is wrong. And <laughs> I still I can't love you. speak to it because I've never read the book. Um, but I'm actually putting it on my Goodreads list right now. Okay. It's, it's a great book and it's definitely worth reading. And maybe there's something to be said about reading the book before watching the movie versus watching the movie versus reading the book. Because I definitely watched the movie before I read the book. And But I'm also like a huge, huge, huge fucking Kubrick fan. Like I'm, I love Stanley Kubrick. So... <sighs> I, I understand, and I've, I've heard other people say this, and you're not the only one by uh, by any means, and I know Stephen King fucking doesn't like the book, or the, the movie, because it, it goes so far away from the book, and I know they've remade uh, The Shining into a miniseries to be more like the book, um, but I mean... I love that movie. I could movie watch it. The movie is just so good. I mean, seriously, every single time that it shows in theaters here, I'm seeing it. It's, like, it's by far one of my favorite horror... It's one of my favorite horror films, for sure. Same. It's same. up there. It's top It's top three, I'm thinking. Like, it's, it's really... It's one of those films that, like, I don't want to do an episode about. Because if I did, I'd have to do a whole Jaws thing. You know, like, we, I, we would have we to do... We should do that. I mean, we will eventually. I could totally do, like, we could watch the documentary that's, like, seven Just hours like long. Just, like, one episode. Yes. All, sh- all the shining, all the time. Yes. Maybe we, we can, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about this later, but we'll I'm do, into it. Okay, and what we'll do is we'll fly to the Stanley so oh, we yeah. can f- record there. Because if you're going to do a shining episode, you have to record it at the Stanley. 100%. Oh, I'm such a huge huge shining movie fan <laughs> i support this idea that this hurts my heart a little bit but again don i love you i understand where you're coming from i understand i, I just don't agree i'm totally okay. that way with things yeah as well I, and so again i, I really it. think it has to do with seeing the movie first or seeing the the or reading the book first yeah but i'm sure that has a plays a big role because whenever i you know just in to compare it to something silly, um, I'm sorry, I said silly, Carly, don't get mad at me. But, you know, reading Harry Potter versus watching Harry Potter, I'm like, this movie sucks because it's nothing like the book. And the book has all these other things happening that, like, no one in the movie even understands. And, you know, I watch the movies with my husband, but he doesn't read the books. And I'm like, does he even understand the, <laughs> the enormity of what's happening right now? Like, does he, he doesn't even understand the characters. He doesn't understand what they're going through. He's missing, like, all all these different things because it's just the movie. I get what um, you're saying. The only movie I felt that way about was Prisoner of Azkaban, though. I 100% feel that way about every single movie I've seen of Harry Potter, except for the first one. I think the first one does a really good job. I think the first two. I think Christopher Columbus nailed those two, those first two. Yeah, the two. second one's not bad. I think that after the second one, it's like, it's frustrating to watch because I'm like, there's so much more happening in yeah. Harry's head than you get on screen. I wish that they would have just made the whole book and then cut it down to whatever they wanted it to be and then given me six-hour movies that I could just watch and be really happy with. Totally. Honestly, because there's because even when you're like reading the books, you're like, this is going to be a great scene. And then that Mm -hmm. scene doesn't exist. And you're like, no, that scene needs to exist. 
and then it just rips your heart out. Yes. It's really hard to watch the movies. I get very upset every time. I get I it. I, I don't I think know they've... that watching the movies after reading the books is a good idea because I'm very invested in what I just experienced. And yeah. then like seeing it on screen is just not not a worthy equivalent. You know? Definitely not directly after. No. I, I think I've, obvi- I mean, obviously I read the books when they came out and then the movies came out after. Um so I don't think I ever had that like thing, but I definitely remember being like excited about certain things that were in the books that like didn't go into the movies. And I was like, I get it, but still I miss it. I wish it was there. Carly, can I ask you a question? Yes. If when, if, (laughs) if, (laughs) when I finish Harry Potter, which is going to happen very soon. Mm hmm. You're close. Will you go to Universal Studios with me so we can go to Harry Potter land together? Hell yes, as long as you don't mind me bringing my wand. Can I get a wand? Yes. I only. I want to go to get a wand and experience I, the wand getting experience. I told you the story, right? Yes. About how both times I have two wands because I was chosen twice. I was chosen no, both times I went to Ollivander's. You have two wands. Is one for me? So I mean, yes, you can totally you can totally use one. Okay. Um, but yeah, like so the first time Steve and I went, it was like for like with a work thing, and so like the work had the whole uh, park kind of like closed down. It was only open to people like we work people, and. So we did Ollivander's and the group was very tiny. And obviously I was like beaming with joy because it was my first time. And so I got picked to be to like have my wand done. And then a couple like a month or two ago, um, I had friends visiting from New York, my old bandmate and his wife. And um, we went and we went to Ollivander's and I got picked again. (laughs) And I was like, I can't not buy my wand (laughs) like. I mean, that's really frustrating. The most exciting thing that's happened to me like that is when we were on the Star Wars ride in Disneyland (laughs) and I got chosen to be the... You were the rebel spy. The rebel spy. (laughs) (laughs) It literally made my world, like my face just hurt from smiling so much. And like, it's just so magical. I... I, Have you taken the test on Pottermore to find out what house you are? Um, I took it before I read the books, and I still think it holds true. I'm definitely Ravenclaw. Me too. Oh my yeah. God, we're the same house. We're totally the same house. I'm Steve's with- a Hufflepuff. There's- you have to make your husband take it. That's really funny. <laughs> I, know. I don't doubt for a second that Steve is Hufflepuff. I think Tony might also be Hufflepuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> T- Tony's either Hufflepuff or, or um, I don't know. He's probably just Hufflepuff. I think that Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw are the best houses. I don't know. I think that... I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Slytherin and Gryffindor. Gryffindor. I knew it started with a G. And I was just like, I'm drinking. Um, I think Tony (laughs) might be part Gryffindor and part part Hufflepuff. You're one or the other. (laughs) Oh... I'm definitely Ravenclaw, though, because I'm kind of snotty and smart-assy. It's just how it is. Too smart for my own good. I always get excited whenever I do the WB tour because they have like a Harry Potter exhibit where you sit on a stool and they put the uh, that sorting hat on oh you and it like God. yells it yells your thing. But it's like, how does it really know? You know, yeah. it doesn't. 
it's just like a thing that happens but uh all three times that i've gone and done it they've i've always been a ravenclaw but oh my like, god that's so funny i'm just, like it makes me so happy in my heart but every time i go sit on the thing i'm always like slightly nervous that this is going to be the time where it's different remember when we started our podcast and i got you to watch gilmore girls and we were like we're the horror podcast with the gilmore girls problem yes i feel like you've now got me into harry potter and now we are the horror podcast with the harry potter problem I'm very excited about that. And also, I want to do all those Harry Potter things with you. Uh, I'm so down to drink all the butterbeer with you. So I don't think it's on my diet, but I'll watch you drink it. I'll just have to drink one for both of us. I'll have a I sip mean, like of one for each. Like I'll need two. Yeah, I'll have like a sip of your butterbeer. Because we need to take a picture with but them. I'm not so. going to like ruin my diet for butterbeer. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> Well, you're missing out. So there's probably fine. like all the sugar in it. Oh, I can't. absolutely. Yeah, all I the just sugar. can't. I, I just don't do sugar anymore. It's just not a thing I do anymore. Um, oh my god, we've been talking for so long. I don't know how that happened. Me either. But hey, thanks hey for listening. Guys, hey. <laughs> thanks for listening for this long. Okay, are we just closing out? Yeah, Let's we're, not we're, do a, we'll we'll talk about what's going on with us next week. All right. Um, we, what are we doing next week? I would like to say uh, Carly and I will be picking, and this is news to Carly, but Carly and I will be picking a, a live t- a live Instagram that we will be doing for our Patreon subscribers um, sometime soon. We haven't done one in a while and we're overdue. So we will be doing that soon. I don't know what the topic is and I don't know the date yet, but stay tuned to Patreon if you are a Patreon subscriber and we will give you the details there. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, and then on for next week, we have uh, we're if you are a follower of us on Facebook or Insta or uh, Twitter, you might already be aware. Um, Carly is very excited because I know what you did last summer is streaming on Vudu. I know what you did last summer one and two is streaming on Vudu, and she very much wants to do it. So we're canceling our current plans and doing I know what you did last summer one and two. So go ahead and go on Vudu. It's free for everybody. There are ads, but otherwise it's totally free. So why not watch I know what you did last summer one and two. Relive your teenage years as we will be doing this week. Um, And that's it. That's all I got. Guys, I'm so excited. (laughs) It's stupid how excited I am. I did a whole poll on it. (laughs) I'm so happy that you guys support me in my crazy decisions. For the most part, there are some people that are like, dude. Well, that's okay. (laughs) Most people, most of you support me in my crazy decisions. Carly and what she wants. Don't ever do it. (laughs) Well, the joke's on you. Yeah, we're doing it anyway because you were outvoted. (laughs) Um,. I haven't seen this movie since I was in high school, so I really have no idea what to expect, but I'm very excited about it. And Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it, so it's got to be somewhat awesome, right? Hell yeah, because she's awesome, and Ryan Phillippe's in it in his prime. I mean, I'm just going to have all the crushes watching this film. I'm going to be like, exactly what's going to happen. A crush on you. I have a crush on you. I have a crush on you. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be great. Her face is also in it, too. What's her name? Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, yes. Bridget Wilson, Jennifer Freddie Love Prince. Hewitt. No, Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's all about Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince. I just love her so much. It's going to be Michelle great. Geller. Okay, so <laughs> check in next week when we uh, squeal some more about our teenage crushes. Until then, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye. Bye.